0: We're just Oh no sexual Good morning. Good afternoon. Or good evening. We don't discriminate.
1: Time is just Tima Diedrich mispronounced for an entire episode.
0: I cannot believe we did that. Oh, I can super believe we did that. <laughs> I literally Googled how to pronounce her name.
1: We Googled how to pronounce Marlene.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not Marlena Dietrich.
1: We said we said it was a combination of the first name and Lena and we just didn't we didn't put it together. No, no, no. But it's fine. It's We're- fine.
0: Hot and funny though.
1: Yeah, um, we stay in our lane, and our lane has nothing to do with pronouncing names we've read on the internet
0: or cities or countries either. Just for future reference.
1: Yeah, we don't know much.
0: So her name is pronounced Marlena Dietrich. I think that's gonna be a joke for Chase in the future.
1: Yeah, we can't live it down. We gotta remember. It's like nine eleven. <laughs>
0: Never like most forget.
1: Like, Life
0: post nine eleven.
1: <laughs> post send um, tag. Jet fuel
0: doesn't melt steel. Um, anyways, uh, last <laughs> time we were here,
1: <laughs> whoa, we're taking a we took a hard stance on that that I was not prepared for. <laughs> Um,
0: last time we were here we did say we were going to talk about the 1922 classic Nosferatu
1: and we're not we're not we couldn't possibly I hope
0: you weren't excited for that because whoa what a trip I was extremely high on inedible but that is quite a movie black and white silent film not a lot of excitement
1: no between tiktok and adhd it, it wasn't happening So we went with something a little more... uh, R-speed? R-speed. The 1988 classic, Killer Killer Clowns Clowns from from Outer outer
0: Space. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get there, let's talk about a little queer history, Chase.
1: This is possibly the queerest history. No, no. I'm not. You know what? I'm not going to make that designation either. I'm taking no stances this episode. Not
0: this episode. No. I've already taken the biggest stance, and we can't come back.
1: <laughs> no.
0: What is our queer history this week, Chase?
1: Today we are going to be discussing the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands.
0: What the fuck is that?
1: The gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands is a micronation founded in 2004 off the coast of Australia in protest of the Australian government's refusal to recognize same-sex marriages. And because of a twist in international law that states, oppressed people of overseas territories have a right to self-government and self-determination. So basically, they wanted a place to get married. They have fucking made one. Which is pretty cool.
0: Give us freedom or give us death. Is that the quote? It's a quote. It's liberty.
1: It's a misquote.
0: It is a misquote. (laughs) You can quote me on that. (laughs) (laughs) Give me gay marriage or give me death.
1: Who are you going to gay marry?
0: Really, uh, hopefully, like Matt Bomer or um, Sam Smith or this guy I recently met. <laughs> or. That's it.
1: That's it. There's only three options. That's For it, you, yeah. your whole life.
0: For the rest that's of my funny. life. Dissolved in 2017 when Australia legalized same sex marriage. It only lasted, what, 17 years? Less. In...
1: Uh, 13 years.
0: Oh, that is math. Yeah. I... Hey! That's,
1: that's how numbers work. This is going great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel good about this.
1: The kingdom was founded on Cato, the highest point of the Coral Sea Islands, after the founding emperor, Dale Parker Anderson, good old Emperor Dale, sailed over on the gay flower.
0: The gay flower?
1: And raised the rainbow flag, declaring it the homeland for the gay and lesbian people of the world.
0: Does that mean I can go there?
1: You had citizenship. I mean, it was dissolved in 2017.
0: What does it take to recreate it, though?
1: I mean, they just sailed over there and declared it, so.
0: I mean, I feel like we shouldn't lose that Fire Island esque destination. It's for the gays, it's for the girls and the gays. Did I just say fur instead of four?
1: So, when you refound the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands, are you going to reinstate Emperor Dale? Or are you gonna become the new Emperor and try Emperor Dale for treason?
0: Ooh. There can only be one Emperor. I feel like both of us have the most country ass names though. Can you like Emperor Dale? Fucking country. You're you're thinking that person's come from Arkansas or Kentucky, probably Missouri. Just to be
1: fair, Australia is just the country of Australia. They're all country. <sighs>
0: Are they... are they all rednecks?
1: I think that's their culture.
0: I don't know enough about Australia. I do know they're very racist, apparently.
1: Well, what country is it?
0: Welcome to America. Um, As somebody who is from Missouri, as I stated earlier, they're probably somebody from Missouri, and with a name like Richard, Emperor Richard, I guess that's a little stronger. They chose a monarchy-style government because if they had picked republic, They could ultimately be tried in Australia for treason, like I'm going to try Emperor Dale.
1: And it would be treason because in 2004, the kingdom declared war on Australia. The result of which was Australia using the gay kingdom's declaration of war as an excuse to ban the rainbow flag in government buildings because it was the flag of a hostile nation, which is hilarious.
0: That is pretty funny, I would have to say. Can you imagine the gays being hostile? Only every day.
1: Yes, I have been to a drag club.
0: Yes, I have met a twink. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Do you think they're so hostile because there's a countdown? They can only be a twink for so long. They can.
0: Like, you turn 18 and you're legal, (laughs) but in my opinion, no. Um, and then you have until, like, gay death at the age of 30 before your life is over. And then you're in a, a geriatric twink with a stretched <laughs> hole.
1: <laughs> Maybe we're not airing this far.
0: <laughs> this is what cutting is for. We'll leave that on the cutting room floor.
1: <laughs> the main camp on Cato was named Heaven. After a London based gay nightclub. And near the camp were kingdom sanctioned activities like swimming, reef walking, lagoon snorkeling, bird watching, seashell collecting, and shipwreck exploring. Which is dope.
0: That is pretty dope. Uh, imagine the things you could find on a shipwreck the gold, the arms, the booty.
1: You think it would just be bones? I don't. Salt preserves things, right?
0: But with the fish the, would have been the,
1: eaten. The fish would have
0: eaten. I it guess for it would sure. really depend on how deep the shipwreck goes. I there's like that saying about Lake Superior that she doesn't give up her dead because her water's so cold that the bacteria that breaks down human tissue is non-existent. Now that the world is experiencing climate change, uh, Lake Superior is warming, and uh, pretty soon bodies are just going to start floating to the top of Lake Superior.
1: That is haunting. Mm. And delightful That's going to be a real fun news cycle
0: Yes it is So I don't know how deep you have to get into the ocean To where it's cold enough that bacteria doesn't exist There's got to be a certain point But how deep is your shipwreck? Will it just be bones Or will their skin still be intact Just frozen
1: We're going to have to go to the gay and lesbian kingdom Find out Though, honestly, if I'm going to Australia, I'm probably just going to stay in Australia. I don't like boats or planes, and you gotta get there by boat. And that or a plane. Mean, yeah, or a little plane, which little is the worst, <laughs> worst type of plane.
0: But you do realize that animals in Australia are like 25 times the size that they are here.
1: That's horrifying.
0: I think they have flying spiders in Australia.
1: So we burn it down. <laughs> this queer kingdom is declaring war on Australia for not keeping your shit
0: together. I think it's interesting that uh, the kingdom sanction activities don't include gay sex. And I feel like that's all this island would be, right? It's gotta be. The economic activities of the kingdom were tourism, fishing and hilariously stamp-selling after they released their first stamp in 2006, with the aim of creating a high and distinctive reputation amongst the philatelic fraternity.
1: That just means stamp collecting.
0: Philatelic is stamp collectors?
1: Yeah. There's a Chicago-based philatelic brotherhood.
0: Should we join that? Should we start collecting stamps, Chase?
1: Should we join it and, like, make our own stamps? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I
0: got you a button maker. I could also get you a stamp maker. I'm sure that exists. It's I a, didn't just make that no,
1: up. No, you like a printer could take care of that. Like a nice one, not my printer.
0: Hmm. What year is your printer from? When was the last time you updated your printer?
1: I don't know that I've ever updated my
0: printer. No, I, think... I have no
1: idea when. Sometime prior. No, nope. sometime prior.
0: I, I'm not for certain, but I think that the printer in our apartment might be from, like, 2011. I think my roommate probably got it her freshman year of college and has just had it since. We've got one more fine point about the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands, though. Chase, what is that?
1: The national anthem is I Am What I Am, as performed by Gloria Gaynor. The song was written by an out-gay man, Jerry Herman who was made a lord of the gay kingdom.
0: Should we listen to I Am What I Am?
1: Yeah, and then cut it out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. that sounds fun.
1: None of you, none of you get to hear. You
0: don't get to hear, but I'm sure you have Spotify, so. All right, that's a hell of a national anthem, but I don't think it competes with ours, you know.
1: Our national anthem? Yeah, our national anthem. Is the queers a nation? (laughs) The queers have eyes. One nation, (laughs) undershare, indivisible.
0: Well, I was talking about the anthem by Bleak182. Oh,
1: I thought you were talking about the anthem by good Charlotte.
0: Either works. (laughs) But go off, King. Were you saying the Pledge of Allegiance?
1: Was I? (laughs) Isn't that so creepy? The Pledge of Allegiance. Yes, put your
0: hand over your heart, and as a unit, we will speak. I pledge allegiance to the queers who have the eyes and speak about it. Okay, Chase, just shut me up. And shut up. <laughs> tell the people about horror news.
1: Horror news. Marlon Waynes of the Royal Family of Comedy has just signed on as the star of the new Jordan Peele sports horror movie, Goats. In the film, a retiring football star takes a promising upstart under his wing. But the young man finds a terrible secret. The star has been using unnatural methods to achieve his victories. All other details have been kept under wraps, which just makes me want to see it more. Good luck, Marlin. This is your chance to do the unimaginable, making sports interesting. In the distant future, we'll all be taking another trip to Fear Street. Netflix has already started production on the fourth movie adaptation of R.L. Stein's acclaimed series. This time, choosing to take inspiration from only one book, *The Prom Queen*, as confirmed by Mr. Stein himself on Saturday. The first three *Fear Street* (1994). 1978, and 1666 were easily the best horror movies of 2021, and I am hyped. Last week, film distribution group Neon released a hella creepy short trailer for a movie, but didn't tell us which of its three upcoming horror movies it's from. The 35 second clip shows a family photo with a 911 call playing over it, where the dad is saying something's happened to his daughter, and then, chillingly, that's not my daughter, and ending with a crime scene photo. It looks cool! Our best guess is it's from the upcoming movie Long Legs, a Nicolas Cage serial killer horror, which is awesome because he absolutely smashed it in the 2021 jump scare horror Willy's Wonderland, a movie that proved Nicolas Cage can chew scenery without even speaking. Frankly, I trust him to do whatever he wants. The other possibilities from Neon are Immaculate, a psychological horror in an Italian convent, or Cuckoo, a film that has been almost fully shrouded in mystery. Only time will tell, but a relatively short amount of time, since they're all slated for 2024. Earlier this week, horror legend Blumhouse announced Stiletto, a grim and glitzy horror film about a serial killer who stalks his favorite exotic dancers. The movie is meant to be a throwback to 1980 slashers, with a huge cast of horror alums, including Russell Todd of Friday the 13th Part 2 and Stephen Blackheart of Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie that made me afraid I'd never again have a Chris Pratt-free day. And so far, I'm right. That's all the horror news for this week. But check back next time as we continue to keep you up to date on all things horror. I think Marlon Wayne's got this. Got got. I,
0: it. I'm just like I've never seen Marlon Wayne's do anything but comedy. I mean, if you want to argue about like scary movie or a haunted house, which he was in, which is horror comedy, um, I just don't know about him carrying a horror film. Or is it going to be a horror comedy?
1: Well, with Jordan Peele, that's never quite out of the question.
0: Right. I mean, Jordan Peele is hilarious and Marlon Wayans is hilarious, so I'm excited to see what they do. That's
1: And if Marlon Wayans can carry it, I'm excited to see him do something serious because he's explicitly stated he loves doing dumb movies. And I appreciate that fact
0: because I'm dumb.
1: Because I'm dumb, and I have broccoli in my mouth, and that's unrelated. I don't unrelated, know why I put that in there. You know.
0: um, interesting that we're talking about the Fear Street series this week, because, I mean, Fear Street was kind of one of the things that caused us to want to start a podcast. Yeah,
1: the the empty mall in 1994 is what inspired us to talk about, but never actually write, hey. a an audio book series
0: basically about
1: hot topic and and time
0: and we're gonna make it happen actually you'll see once we figure out this whole recording thing and writing thing we're going to get there
1: yeah
0: and i hope you're uh first in line to listen to it if you are here right now yeah (laughs) um let's move on from this yeah definitely let's go Um, into
1: our queer icon
0: oh my god this queer icon i know chase is so excited about
1: I'm super excited.
0: Based solely on the fact that Chase has multiple posters in their one-bedroom apartment. Thanks for the upgrade, buddy. (laughs) I do this every time. Your studio apartment has multiple posters of...
1: Billy Joe Armstrong, the frontman for Green Day, the legend, the greatest punk writer of all time, punk to the core. And you know what? I'm so hyped. Yeah. Oh my god, he's my favorite. I'm
0: pretty hyped too. I I am not as in-depth of a fan of Billy Joe Armstrong as Chase is, but I do love Green Day's music, um, and I'm excited to really get into this.
1: Yeah, and I'm excited for Green Day's new album to come out on the 19th. Uh, it's called Saviors. They're doing a tour. They've already released four songs, and they're all good.
0: You've only forced me to listen to one song. They've got four
1: They've got four.
0: Stop the press. We're listening to Green Day.
1: The American Dream is Killing Me. Dilemma. One-Eyed Bastard. Look Ma, I Ain't Got No Brains. And on...
0: Look Ma, I Ain't Got No Brains.
1: Immediately, to kick off the 2004 year, Green Day performed their new song, or their old song, American Idiot, for a Rockin' New Year. In
0: um, 2004? Yep. Okay. Just
1: happened. They changed the lyrics to American Idiot. Uh, to are not part of your MAGA agenda and pissed and off conservatives. Two thousand
0: twenty four. <laughs> yes, not two thousand four. Sorry, twenty years later.
1: American Idiot is having its twentieth anniversary <laughs> this year, which makes me feel incredibly old.
0: I was like MAGA. Oh, um, I'm very glad that that didn't exist in two thousand four. Or, I mean, we had George Bush. So. Yeah. It's been ramping up
1: to this for a while now.
0: Okay, but continue. So 2024, Green Day kicked off with American Idiot.
1: Yep, change the lyrics from I'm not part of your redneck agenda to I'm not part of your MAGA agenda. And... Even Elon Musk was like, what? Green Day doesn't like fascists? The fuck? As if they've never heard of punk rock before. And they're like, I don't think Green Day should be so political. And it's like, who the fuck are
0: you? Have you listened to their music at all?
1: Any of Any of it? Any of it? No. No. Okay. No, Green Day doesn't like you.
0: No. No. Okay, do we have 11 points behind why billy joe armstrong is a queer icon this week
1: we have 1100 points but we're gonna we narrow only it, have so
0: much time we're Chase. gonna narrow
1: it down to 11 first i'm gonna put down these chopsticks. chopsticks
0: why are we eating blueberries with chopsticks it's none of your business
1: okay so point one Billy Joe Armstrong wrote and recorded King for a Day with the band, a song off the 1997 album Nimrod of Good Riddance Time of Your Life fame. The lyrics are amazing. They are. I saw them perform this song live at Lollapalooza and every time he wears like one of the pride flags and it's sick. Anyway, the lyrics are, my daddy threw me in therapy. He thinks I'm not a real man. Who put the drag in the drag queen? Don't knock it until you've tried it. Sugar and spice and everything nice wasn't meant for only girls. G.I. Joe and pantyhose is making room for the one and only King for a day, Princess by dawn.
0: Is it Princess by dawn or Princess by night?
1: King for a day, Princess by night. I promise you. On Green Day's life, change at some point.
0: It's always dawn. I'm
1: fairly certain. Because my uh,
0: Mandela effect brain is remembering night. It's
1: definitely Dawn, I assure you.
0: I used to perform this song. <laughs> perform. What? But back in the day, whenever PlayStation had this... It was before the time of Rock Band. PlayStation had this thing called an Eye, I, I think it was. PlayStation Eye. But basically, it was just a web camera that you hooked up to your PlayStation. Creepy. And the, my brothers and I used to set up, like random furniture in the house and like be a band and record videos this was one of the songs that we did um and i think that we actually created rock band
1: sounds like it also sounds like you were dumb because it's definitely princess by dawn i've revisited the song in my head
0: it is dawn 100
1: percent.
0: i guess i need to uh need to go back and listen to some more green day
1: Agreed. Another song that was super queer was off of their legendary 1994 album, Dookie. In the song Coming Clean, it has the lyrics, I found out what it takes to be a man. Mom and dad will never understand what's happening to me, which I think is something that pretty much every queer can relate to. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: Reason number two why Billy Joe Armstrong is our bisexual icon. For nearly two decades, Billy Joe... Billy Joe made sure to kiss a man nearly every single show on stage. Oh, yeah. Brother. Yeah. Could have been, uh, been me.
0: It could have been me. It could have been both of us. It's usually it been... his
1: bandmates, though. Oh, well, <laughs> Trey Cool and Mike Dirt. But it could still be us. It could still be us. It could keep happening. We when don't know. When did that
0: start? For two decades. So just it's for... Just in the
1: 90s, really. He's, he's he's knocked it off lately. But he That's has been sad. married for 16 years. Oh, so. wow. Well. He's on the rehab, cheating? he's got a lot... I, I say so, but he might not, considering he's a rock star. Hmm.
0: It's really. I think that's really a conversation you have to have with your partner. Green Day was bo- voted as the best punk band of all time by the Rolling Stone in 2011, which...
1: Isn't surprising, because Green Day has won five Grammys. Best Alternative Album with Dookie, Best Rock Album with American Idiot and 21st Century Breakdown, Record of the Year... And Best Musical Show Album from American Idiot, the Broadway cast recording.
0: I have yet to see this musical, but I did sing a song from it in my voice class in college. Nice. Uh, Which song? Wake me up when September ends.
1: (laughs) Oh, that makes a lot of sense. After my dad died, I
0: decided I really needed to, like, dig down into those feelings, and...
1: He actually recorded that song when he... Or wrote that song when he was still a teenager. Maybe even a preteen, like, right after his dad died. Right. Of throat cancer.
0: Fuck cancer.
1: Fuck cancer.
0: Um... Their Broadway musical was nominated for three Tonys.
1: Didn't win them, but that's okay because...
0: I've never been nominated for a Tony.
1: Not a single Tony. Yet. Yet. When the Queers Have Eyes musical hits the stage, though. That's Bro- right. Broadway...
0: Give me my ego They won't be ready. You know, um...
1: Boulevard of Broken Dreams won six out of eight nominations on the MTV VMAs in 2005. And I remember that award here. They swept it. They swept the awards. It was a great year to be a Green Day fan. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, what's up next? Green Day, Green Day, Green Day, and Green Day? Yes. yes. They've, all together, they've won 96 awards across their 35-year career.
0: They've been playing for 35 years. How many albums do they have?
1: I think 16? Wow. 16, 17?
0: Like an album every two years
1: yeah and on top of that they also are technically the joke is that they aren't but they are the network a separate band that's released two albums as well as foxborough hot tubs which actually had a song that charted called pedestrian i don't know it was like <laughs> two, it was like 2000 2000- 10 2011 and i heard it on the radio and i was like that sounds a lot like green day and they were like it's foxborough hot tubs but i didn't have internet access so i was just like all right that up. i'm gonna buy a foxborough hot tub cd and then i like
0: their sound
1: <laughs> <It was Green laughs> flash day.
0: forward to 2024 where you have the internet in your pocket
1: <laughs> life before the internet was wild
0: atrocious i think we're on point number eight right now all
1: right
0: um proceeds from the song oh yeah Go to International Justice Mission and Rain charities that help victims of sexual offenses because it samples a Joan Jett song produced by a sexual predator, Gary Glitter. Fuck that guy.
1: Fuck that guy indeed. Well, not anymore, because he fled to Vietnam and then was still charged for child sex crimes.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah.
1: In Vietnam... How crimes? How crimey are your crimes? Anyway, <laughs> in
0: Vietnam, you're still getting Jesus.
1: Anyway, they're all about giving back. Billy Joe has released a song with you too that I totally remember being like all over VH1 called "The Saints Are Coming." Um, right after Hurricane Katrina, all the proceeds went to
0: Music Rising.
1: Music Rising, which replaces music instruments for schools damaged in Hurricane Katrina a disaster that also inspired Armstrong to take his family and go build a house in New Orleans for Habitat for Humanity.
0: I've always wanted to build a house with Habitat for Humanity.
1: Yeah. It, I worry I would build a shitty house for these poor people. <laughs>
0: I think there are people that like tell you what to do. I don't think you're designing a house, Chase.
1: Okay. Because <laughs> I can't even make a satisfactory gingerbread house. But I do want people to have housing.
0: Everyone. Housing is a human right.
1: Yeah. All these buildings sitting empty, we don't have people in them. Come on. Come on. It's they,
0: zero degrees outside. People I saw be in a the post houses. today. Hold on. Let me find it because I don't want to misquote it. Um, it was on Facebook, so is it reliable? I don't know. But I'm going to I'm gonna read it anyway. And you can take what I say with a grain of salt. But... Uh, 10 men in our country could buy the whole world, yet 10 million can't buy enough to eat. Let that sink in. 10 men can buy in our country, that's in the United States, 10 men in the United States could buy the entire world, yet there are 10 million people out there who can't afford to buy enough food to eat. Point 10, while the band's name is a reference to smoking weed all day, they also want everyone to have a green day and launched a campaign with the NRDC, the National Resources Defense Council, to move America beyond oil in 2006. They parodied this cause in the Simpson movie when their characters tried to talk to Springfield about the environment as the polluted town lake dissolved their barge.
1: That was a really great scene. They were throwing more garbage into the lake as they were like, come on, we're going to talk about the environment. (laughs) And then they sank, and they played American Idiot on an organ at their funeral, and it was the best three minutes of my life.
0: <laughs> I, you know, what makes me really sad is my mom hated The Simpsons, so when I was growing up, I never watched it. So it's not on my radar, but I am, I am going to add how many ever seasons there are of Simpsons to my watch list.
1: About, I, it's like one piece. You'd have to dedicate your life to it to catch up. I think
0: there's like 73 seasons. I made that number up in my head.
1: I only watched the movie and the Treehouse of Horror series, so... I don't know that much about it either. I was more of a family guy guy, you know what I mean? Guy guy. Or maybe just like a Seth MacFarlane fan.
0: You are a Seth MacFarlane fan.
1: I love Seth MacFarlane.
0: Um, Seth MacFarlane's kind of sexy. I would do him.
1: Uh, we don't have time to get into this. We're you have Billy, one more point. Billy Joe Armstrong. And that is a Sammy Bragg. Him and his wife, Adrienne, are founders of the board for Project Chimps, a sanctuary for lab chimps after they, were, after they were listed as endangered animals in 2015. A project that is also heavily funded by Rachel Ray and Kat Von D. And is worked out by Kaylee, who acted as a groomsman at my wedding. That was pretty cool. I guess there's, like, a whole enclosure named after them. Hell yeah. Yeah. has nothing to do with me. I have zero <laughs> tie to this. But uh, it's cool that someone was into it.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, when I argue that we should save animals and support them, that, that includes chimps. I, should, I really, really should stop eating meat and become a vegan because it's better for the environment and for me.
1: At least become vegetarian. I went vegetarian this year with the New Year's resolution, and it's pretty good. They've got good meat analogs out there.
0: More to explore.
1: Anyway, Billy Joe Armstrong is hot. That's the takeaway.
0: Billy Joe Armstrong, if you ever want a third or fourth, we're both here for you.
1: That's true. Adrian, come on.
0: Let it happen. This
1: is fine. (laughs) You know, he's our bisexual icon, our queer icon. But in a very recent interview, he was like, I don't even know if I can consider myself bisexual anymore. I've been monogamous for 16 years. And I think that's so sad. Because once you get married, you're, like, forced to give up your bisexual status. And I just don't think that's true. Like, you're still attracted to people. Yeah,
0: definitely. I don't think your dating choices actually affect your sexuality. I think if you're still attracted to both sexes, you're bisexual. I
1: both sexes, all sexes? All sexes. As per the bisexual manifesto of nineteen something something. Ninety something. Ninety four? Maybe? Ninety six? Probably ninety six. I don't know. I posted it on Tumblr. But the rest of the manifesto was blacked out after
0: think, mm-hmm. the first line
1: where it says, We are tired. And that's all you really need to know. Well, no matter what anyone else says, Billy Joe Armstrong still thinks dudes are hot.
0: And is a queer icon.
1: And is very hot. <laughs> Let's see, what do we have next? Oh, a review! A, a summary! summary. From Richard.
0: A summary of our film. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I wish I actually knew the Killer Clowns song. Mm -hmm. Killer Clowns from Outer Space opens on Big Top Burger, the local cool hangout, um, where we see our first clown sighting. It's Officer Mooney starting his Friday night shift with a cup of coffee. And he can't wait to get the children off his lawn, the entire town of Crescent Cove. Don't look now, there's a little son of a bitch crossing the street with two grocery bags and an open container of beer. While Officer Asshole heads across town to the park to round up some rabble rousers. I'm on top of the world! Well, I'm not, but our protags are... With ten other twenty-somethings making out to smooth jazz. You know what really helps people get in the mood? Ice cream on a chilly night. Lucky for us, here comes Jojo the Ice Cream Clown. They'll give you the stick, you give it a lick, and it'll tickle you all the way down. Paul and Rich, the Terenzi brothers, offer the young ones a tasty treat for while they screw, before leaving to take their ice cream-loving girlies home because they aren't going to put out. Well, I'll be hornswoggled, Haley's Comet has landed in Crescent Cove, an event that can only happen once instead of every 75 years. Luckily, Mike Tobacco and Debbie Stone have stopped playing tonsil hockey long enough to see it go by. Debbie convinces Mike to be adventurous and go hunt it down, but not without their champagne. But I'll be greased and fried if they beat farmer Gene Green and his dog Poo to the prize. You are right, Farmer Gene, there is nothing better than free passes to the circus, but it is kind of peculiar for a circus tent to show up out of nowhere in the middle of BFE. It's a bad day for Farmer Gene. He could write a country song. A clown in the tent steals his dog, he breaks his hand punching the rock-hard tent, gets electrocuted by the tent posts, and then shot with some kind of ray gun. At the police station, we see our first sight of Officer Sexy, Officer Dave Hansen. But here comes Officer Asshole with his miscreants, two college punk kids who were drinking wine while enjoying an evening stroll in the park on the way to their dorms. Officer Asshole makes sure to let them know they are the scum killing this town. Straight to jail. No Miranda rights. Here's your black eye, and don't drink wine in Crescent Cove. It's clear this man needs therapy, like every cop. Our pro tags. they've found the circus tent in the middle of nowhere, and it seems Mrs. Adventure has changed her mind. But Mike wants to explore Deb, don't be stupid, you are going to love the Circus Bizarro. Debbie asks our guy Mike, how much further do you want to go? And he bought her a bottle of champagne, so the answer is all the way. To the end of the spooky hallway and three doors with endless potential. boing, 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 bang, bang, boing, boop. The door opens and the couple are transported to a room with an endless floor and endless ceiling. They're in the shooting star. But what's behind door number two? Smells like cotton candy, looks like cotton candy, Everyone knows you hang cotton candy out to dry in the factory. Debbie, we don't need your rationalizations about UFOs. You didn't believe. And look at all this free cotton candy. Oh, that's definitely a bloody human face inside that fluffy pink sack. Sorry about you, Joe Lombardo. R.I.P. The protags run to escape, but not before being shot with screaming popcorn? Question Got it. Don't eat at the circus. The couple escape, but the killer clowns create a balloon doggy to track their scent. Hurry, they're coming, Mike. And so are we. Unlock the truck. They narrowly get away, but not without backing the truck into two clowns and the balloon dog popping it. That's payback for whatever the clowns have done to poo. And then hitting a third clown in drive, but that's not enough to kill these aliens. Mike and Debbie head to the police station where she has a friend that will leave them. The clowns set off on foot for the five-mile trek to Crescent Cove. I hope they are gelling in those clown shoes. Mike pulls up in front of the police station, drives up on the curb hitting a news rack and a police car. Somebody give this man a field sobriety test. Officer Sexy is Debbie's friend, and his name is Dave, which is an arguably unsexy name, so I will be referring to him as Officer Sexy. He takes them into the station because he needs the full story before he can begin his case, which is fair because Mike is drunk and yelling about dead bodies and cocoons. One of the clowns has Michael Myers syndrome and has made it to the local drugstore in record time. Our protags tell Officer Sexy everything, and Officer Asshole overhears, saying the title of the film with a sarcastic whistle. Killer clowns from outer space? (laughs) Officer Asshole was just over there. There was no UFO circus tent. These kids are going to make a fool of this police department. Who are you going to believe? Me, who has been at the station for the last two hours roughing up my college boys, or this tramp? He calls her a tramp, not me. Mike is friends with the Terenzi brothers, so this must be a scheme to sell more ice cream from the clown ice cream truck, says Officer Asshole. Dave puts our pro tags in the cop car, Mike in the back. But wait, there's a puppet show in the park gazebo. And now another cotton candy cocoon. The clowns terrorize the drugstore, and oh, there's two more cocoons. Officer Sexy decides to take Debbie home, and we find out that the two of them also play tonsil hockey. He is no longer in charge of her or her boyfriend. The clowns knock on random doors in very creative ways to create more cotton candy cocoons. Just your neighborhood clown pizza delivery guy. Nothing strange about that. They take Debbie home, and Mike convinces her to stay put, and Dave watches them kiss, so he puts Mike back in the backseat of the cop car. The clowns continue to terrorize the drugstore. Oh no, the circus tent is gone, and Mike is under arrest. But Officer Sexy could handcuff me any day. The smallest clown rides his bike up to a biker bar, training wheels, and all. No asshole biker, you may not ride his bike, but you can beep the horn. The asshole picks up the bike and throws it on the ground, destroying it. His uppence comes when our clown puts on a pair of boxing gloves and knocks his block off. No, he literally knocks his head clean off into a trash can where he belongs. The rest of the biker gang scatter in fear. Back at the Big Top Burger, a clown tries to lure a child away from her parents and out the door but here comes Mommy Dearest to make her clean her plate. Dave takes Mike back to the top of the world for some late-night smooshin', but finds deserted vehicles and leftover cotton candy. Mike was right, and Dave removes his handcuff. At the police station, calls of killer clowns start pouring in. Officer Asshole does what any respectable small-town officer would do. He pours two fingers of Jack Daniels, blames the kids. The Terency brothers have turned the whole town against him to sell ice cream, and he ought to just shoot every young person. Behind the Big Top Burger, a clown sprinkles screaming popcorn into the dumpster and slowly walks away. An employee takes out the trash and is eaten by the popcorn. Officer Sexy decides two officers aren't enough, and it's time to involve the state police. He disses Mike by saying it's obvious Debbie goes for laughs and not stability. At the bus stop, a clown does magic shadow puppets for five people waiting for the bus that ends in a shadow T-Rex eating all five of them at once, while Officer Sexy and Mike watch from the police car. Mike slams his foot on the gas pedal from the passenger seat to try to take out the clown, but he disappears. There is nothing worse than a passenger seat driver, am I right? Officer Sexy radios to Officer Asshole to have him call the state police for help, but Officer Asshole knows all the young people in the town are working together to get him to leave the police force. Woe is me. He ends the convo with a big fuck you, over. Those clowns, the Terenzi brothers, come out of nowhere chasing their unmanned ice cream truck. Mike chases them down to get their help while Officer Sexy heads back to the station. Mike convinces the brothers to take him to check on Debbie by telling them she has two beautiful roommates with big boobs who love ice cream. They just really want to sell their ice cream. At the station, Officer Asshole lights a cigar and ignores his job, but at last, he is visited by a clown. He tells the clown to turn around and cuffs his hands. In Officer Asshole's jail, you have no rights, but the hands fall off and the clown grows another pair. Officer Asshole puts the clown in a cell with the miscreant wine drinkers, but gets what's coming to him when the clown blows a noisemaker through the bars that turns into a hand that chokes him, and Officer Asshole's reign of terror ends. When Officer Sexy gets to the station, he finds giant clown footprints leading him to the jail cells, where he finds two cotton candy cocoons. Back out front, a clown sits at Mooney's desk with a ventriloquist, dummified Officer Asshole. Officer Sexy shoots at the clown and discovers that their weakness is their big red nose. Officer Sexley finally gets the state police involved. Back in the ice cream truck, the boys find a clown parade collecting cotton candy cocoons, and at Debbie's, she's fresh out of the shower, but it appears the screaming popcorn that stuck to her clothes has turned into horrifying tiny clown heads on springs. She covers them with the shower curtain and escapes their sharp, gnawing teeth and the bathroom to the safety of the living room. And good, there's Mike at the door, but she opens it to find a killer clown with the ability to mimic voices. Debbie screams, and the clowns put her in a balloon and tie her to their clown car. The boys in the ice cream truck follow the clown car right past Officer Sexy, who joins the chase. Paul tells Rich to stop the truck because of Officer Sexy's police lights. Officer Sexy then rear-ends the ice cream truck, so he gets out and hops in with the other boys, and they head to the amusement park, because where else would you take a circus tent? At the amusement park, the clown car pulls up on a security officer who is just trying to enjoy his lunch outside the crazy house. He asks them to leave, but the clowns pile out of the car. What are you going to do with those pies, boys? They pie him and cover his body with pies that turn him into a pile of just bones covered in ice cream. The littlest clown adds a cherry on top and heads inside the crazy house, just as the boys pull up and head in after them. The boys make their way through while trying to rationalize the clowns. Officer Sexy opens the door into the tent, and the Terenzi brothers fall through a trapdoor into a ball pit. But they are like cats and always land on their feet. Sitting on the edge of the ball pit are two female clowns with inflatable tits. Jackpot. Are you Debbie's roommates? Officer Sexy and Mike enter the tent and find the cotton candy room, much fuller this go-round. The boys look for Debbie's balloon, while a clown finds the perfect cocoon to stick a curly straw in to drink his victim's blood. Full and satisfied, the clown waddles out of the room, and the boys find Debbie. Officer Sexy uses his shotgun and frees Debbie. A clown chase ensues, and the threesome slide down a fire pole that ends with a real toothy monster. They stop right before the nibbles can happen, and continue through the horrifying 80s fun home. They enter a group. They enter a giant room and are surrounded by clowns. There's only one choice, climb. But have no fear, here come the Terenzi brothers, covered in giant lipstick kisses in their ice cream truck through the wall to save the day. The boys use Jojo the Clown and their loudspeaker to control the clowns, and it works. Until, as the group is trying to get the ice cream truck to start so they can leave, the end boss giant killer clown comes down from the sky like a marionette and heads straight for Jojo. The threesome run as the Terenzi brothers go down with their ship. I mean, it was rented. Giant boss clown throws the truck across the room and it explodes. Bye-bye, Terenzies. Debbie and Mike leave the tent through the hole formed by the ice cream truck and Officer Sexy sacrifices himself to fight the final boss. Once I make my move, you'll be free to leave the tent. I I wrote that there. The tent detaches from the ground and starts spinning like a top into the air. Final boss picks up Officer Sexy king kong style and out of bullets and out of options, Officer Sexy uses his name tag to pop the clown's nose and finish him. The clown spins around in a green Sims plumbaa before exploding and destroying the entire tent with a beautiful fireworks show. But that's not the end. Standing with the security of the state police, Mike and Debbie watch a clown car fall from the sky. But don't worry, it's just Officer Sexy. And the Terencey brothers? They hid in the freezer when the truck exploded, so safe. Do you think it's over, asks Debbie. Yeah, sure, is Mike's response, as the threesome gets pied in the face before they go have their devil's threesome. Roll credits.
1: Killer Clowns from Outer Space, tagline, it's crazy. It's
0: crazy.
1: Has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 60%.
0: On IMDb, it's got a 6.2 out of 10.
1: And on The Queers Have Eyes, it is a 6.6 out of 11. All pretty consistent. Hell yeah.
0: I actually really love this film. Like, watch it multiple times a year. Love this film.
1: Yeah, it's not... It's a scary movie, but it's a great movie.
0: It is so good.
1: It's so fun and colorful, and I just wish more horror movies were fun and colorful.
0: Well, that's, not all of them can be that, but... They could I do be. think, was it last week when we talked about the um, Cheeto brothers continuing the Killer Clowns from Outer Space with a television series?
1: Um, I don't remember if we talked about it, but I did read it in research for this episode. Richard, how did we reach this score?
0: Well... Let's tell the people. (laughs) Number one, Traumability, zero out of 11. Unless you are dummy scared of clowns, you'll probably do more laughing during this film than anything. Chase, how dumb is the protagonist?
1: Eight out of 11. They entered a scary clown tent, and when they realized it was empty, they felt entitled to go deeper. Gay. Gay.
0: Halloween Costume Realness, 11 out of 11. Any of these clowns would make an excellent costume.
1: Did you even go to Juilliard?
0: Three out of eleven. It's bad 80s acting, and and that's all I have to say.
1: Daddy, is that you? Six out of eleven. The final boss clown? It's doing a lot for my clown fetish, but I don't know what
0: it'll do for yours. I don't have one of those. (laughs) It's a shame. Stream and Cream. Ten out of eleven. Dim the lights once you get to the top of the world. Feel free to stay there for the rest of the movie.
1: Jump scares. Zero out of eleven. Zilch. Zip. Zip. Nada. Nothing. No jump scares.
0: Can I make this with an iPhone? 7 out of 11. You bet your ass you could make it, depending on your budget for clown costumes. But the creative team spent very little of their $2 million budget there.
1: Scream Queens, 9 out of 11. Fresh out of the shower, Debbie at first sounds like she's enjoying the nibbles of the mini killer clowns until she hypes up to her screams in the living room and we really hear those lungs work.
0: Ghost face. Eight out of eleven. It's only for a second, but Joe Lombardo's cotton candy filled O-Face makes me yearn for more.
1: Bringing us to the Queers Have Eyes special category where we've given it... Eleven out of of eleven. One. Officer Mooney takes a wet load to the
0: face. Gay. Two. Three men drink in the back of a truck at a makeout spot.
1: Gay. Gay. 3. Farmer Jean Green wants to be greased and horn-swoggled. Gay. Gay.
0: 4. Debbie would rather chase a shooting star than bone down. Gay. Gay.
1: 5. The tent is rock hard. Gay. Gay.
0: 6. The miscreant punks are beaten by a cop. Gay. Gay. 7.
1: Mike can't drive.
0: Gay. Gay. 8. There's a ball pit. Gay. Gay.
1: 9. The clowns suck on curly straws.
0: Gay. Gay. 10. The Terenzi brothers go down with their ship. Gay.
1: 11. The threesome ends with a cream pie. Gay. Gay. Which brings us to 11 out of 11 gay. 11 out of
0: 11 gay. We did it, y'all. We made Killer Clowns from Outer Space a gay film.
1: Yeah, I'd do it again.
0: This film, for everything it lacks, horror wise, is so incredible.
1: It's a great time, it's colorful.
0: It is very colorful. It's so pink.
1: It makes me want to eat candy.
0: It makes me want to go to a circus bizarro.
1: Yeah. You used to work at a circus.
0: I did, but it wasn't anything like this.
1: No? A lot more refined? Yeah.
0: There were no clowns. Uh,
1: What is the point?
0: (laughs) Uh, There were some very skilled aerialists. That was pretty cool. Trapeze acts, silks. Oh my god, the things that people can do with silks.
1: That'd be very cool. I don't have the upper body strength for that.
0: Me neither. But
1: maybe soon, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to start strength training. This is our year to do the silks.
0: Maybe not that, but it is our year.
1: This is the second time I've watched this movie in the last three months. And it's one of those perfect movies you can just rewatch over and over. And
0: laugh. You're not going to learn anything differently By rewatching it but it is a very good time
1: the ventriloquist cop corpse it really spoke to me
0: officer asshole
1: (laughs) he had it coming
0: we just want to kill you dave poor dave he lived he's fine and he's still sexy
1: you know i am just in this movie for the terenzi brothers if i'm being Uh, honest
0: that that does like really fulfill your chase i i feel like that's like your type
1: it very much is i just want i just want to work in it just unlimited access to ice cream oh hell yeah well i
0: was talking about how goofy and funny they were but
1: yeah you know they're smoking weed in that van definitely that might be all they're doing they're not getting laid
0: they're trying to get laid but they're smoking too much weed to put any energy into it
1: story of my life
0: <laughs> chase is a time to wrap this show up i think so mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's all we have for The Queers Have Eyes this week. Join us next time as we discuss The Shining, Melissa Etheridge, and queer cartoons.
0: If you haven't caught on, this season of The Queers Have Eyes is all about 80s horror, baby. So get out that Aquanet, dust off those acid wash jeans, hash that damn cigarette, Shelley Duvall. Seriously. And if you're still here, stay queer. Keep those eyes open.